0: now adam page versus uh versus um ryan nemeth right now i'm watching it
1: oh did you see that he wrote up then anyone else calls me baby doll if i'm quitting twitter
0: well then maybe just maybe he doesn't die blonde. oh there we go oh. you got me yep we got oh, you no, i don't have you well i don't oh, know Wow, oh, what
1: I'm eating some tater tots.
0: You're eating Yum. tater tots. That is a are they loaded tater tots.
1: Look, I think this is the first time that we've done the interview oh, got, from the bar at nice the bar.
0: <laughs> That's a great point. Look at that. So we are do okay, we're doing a show for
1: they day of working out and my and get shit done.
0: Yeah, you know, get- this is
1: like my only time to eat. I literally just got out of the bathtub, I was just trying to soak my old ass body in like bath bubbles. He's um, like, "Hey, we got to get some meat." I'm like, "I got a podcast." <laughs> we we were and just I, I wasn't expecting music and all that stuff. No, so that's fine. It fits. I'm here, guys. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, we were just saying this is our first ever show, where uh we're doing it from a bar and we're interviewing at a bar so that's exciting look at that
1: oh hell yeah <laughs> now so if i ever have to listen this is me
0: okay so uh i've had notes for a couple days a couple times oh. that's okay i can hear him so he can still hear us yep. um but i noticed recently you're a ddp yoga instructor drill instructor
1: Bad I am. Yes. Was by the man himself. Mr. John. Well, i tell you, Vanessa.
0: Robert, yes, so we'll wait for him to
1: raise. Idolizing him. Now here I am. <laughs> he he's like the drill sergeant, honestly. It's his baby, so, like, you don't call a call his way or this. Now, he's been doing it for, like, 15-plus years, and I come in, and he just knows it, like, backhand. I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, knowing if my right's my left or my left's my right. So it's been a great time. He's been super patient and just, God, man, he's been uh, such a huge blessing for me.
0: Now, um, I saw you with Zicky Dice and Big Uh What was that experience like? And how uh, how lazy are those two?
1: <laughs> oh, those guys are great. Luke Gallo's fucking uh, Sticky. Those are my boys. Uh, they all live here in Georgia with me. And that was a. I think what you saw was like a typical Tuesday for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just between doing content like we're always helping each other out. Those guys are always helping like teach me, learn stuff and we just want to make people laugh and feel good and just kind of forget all about all the crap that's going on yeah. you know, in the world. And sometimes our humor can be a little bit, you know, childish or vulgar, but like we're just trying to pe- get people away from thinking like who we are being serious people or professional wrestlers and just be stupid and funny and just take their minds off of stuff. And those guys are just good to the core man salt of the earth
0: exactly those two are about as stupid as they come so you definitely uh hooked on <laughs> hooked your wagon to <laughs> two good ones there
1: yeah i'm in the, I'm in the right crowd yeah, yeah, yeah for sure no, they were great we did talk i met them uh like during the summer they put me on talking shop mania one with them and since then we hit it off and you know gallows and everybody has just been super just welcoming and loving and we've just been grinding together man because it's what you guys see is like work, but then we got our regular jobs, and we got pro wrestling, we got this, we this. So a lot of people don't see that, but so it's it's just a good. Uh, it's it's like being in the military for me. It was like a good tribe, like family, brotherhood. Yeah. So getting out of that, that's why a lot of people most like fail in civilian life because they can't find that tribe anymore. So it's funny just jumping into pro wrestling and then getting where I'm at now and getting around like-minded people and individuals, especially from people that I used to, you know, watch on TV all the time and just seeing how down to earth they are and how like big their heart is. Like, man, I wish people knew like the real, you know, individuals. So doing podcasts like this allows me to kind of like put that out there. Like, yeah, everybody's. Brian and just like everybody else and yeah. the same thing like we're all we hold each other accountable and in order to get shit done and keep moving forward cuz it's it's tough even for public figures and celebrities too but we want to like we have a, a better platform sometimes than most yeah. and but we want to still bring joy and and by doing that like we we're able to forget about our crap too <laughs> you know cuz we're human we got kids ex-wives whatever yeah and then when we do stuff and then we have fan interaction and like the loved ones now, like it's, so it's I think it's a really good dynamic that we got going. Uh,
0: I to- I totally agree. Uh, Cause it's a shitty thing. Things that we're going through right now is shitty. So taking our minds off of that is uh, phenomenal. Now I-, I heard you, the first time I heard you was on busted open radio. You had a phenomenal story, Uh background as one of my children now enters the, uh, enters the bar, the, the arena. Um, your former military you've had a lot of a lot of stuff go down Uh, could you give us a little synopsis for the, maybe the people that don't know exactly about you oh, oh yeah
1: yeah, yeah no impression. doubt <laughs> so currently I'm 36 years old but I could have been like any statistic Yeah. Uh, I grew up in the projects trailer parks and, you know my mom was a meth head I did meth with my mom let's just put it that way wow that was just and that wasn't anything abnormal for where, from how i grew up. By the time i was 13, i'd already went to like nine different schools and that's not counting the same school maybe two or three times in the same year. And just my mom was in a toxic relationship one after the other and any time rent was due we moved. So just growing up was a little difficult. I was overweight, fat, bullied. So oh. Oh, I I hate bullies. Yeah. And
0: I hate bullies. Uh, by
1: the, I got taken away from my mom when i was 13 and was got moved in with my dad now it's not like my dad was out of the picture and i always try to explain this like my mom and dad like i have great relationships now but like my mom kind of held us hostage a lot you know because she was in bad relationships so having her kids was always better it just sucked but anyways i got with my dad and i was able to like actually play sports i had you know and that's where i'd be you know found wrestling um Basketball, baseball, all that stuff. You know, I could hit the hardest because yes. I was big and fat, supposedly. And, you know, I had so much aggression in wrestling, I could just win. But then I went down like a similar path. You know, I was on Team USA Arizona when I was in 2001 as a, you know, 16 year old went to Europe, came back. And I thought things were going to go great. Just dealing with my own depression or whatever, I used to find outlets with drugs, the same thing. That's why I said I used to do, you know, meth with my mom. And it just – I started a family earlier, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm repeating history. And uh, luckily I got a wrestling scholarship, took me out of there, you know, and then I joined the military, you know, finished my degree. It was, you know, blown up quite a few times, hit by lightning. All the crazy stories you can read or watch online, but just constantly fighting and grinding, man. You know, I got seven kids, just, just grinding, grinding, you know. But it wasn't nothing new for me. It was just like, gosh, man, when's the rest? But life will never give you that. You just got—you'll find it when you need it. In the meantime, you just got to get shit done.
0: Uh, get shit done. That's right, GSD for sure. Right. Um. Wow, that's like you're. When I heard you on busted open, I heard about the the lightning and your rough upbringing. Uh, I I said this kid's a survivor. Well, kid but this, this guy's a survivor. Uh, yeah, like, no, for real. He's, 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 he's fighting. He's, he's picking himself up. He's getting hit in the face a lot and, and still picking himself up. And that that's the vibe I got. Um, you, you did walk on it at, at Arizona state, uh, at, at a late age, um,
1: uh, you yeah. know, <laughs>
0: because of the military, but you set records there. Um, yeah, you, you made a name there. Uh, you you uh what do i got here you you were mentored by dan severin maybe you had a wwe trial what how do you go ahead
1: yeah no i became a starter you know i became the the oldest division one athlete in history um yeah dan severin was like the only guy that would help train me because i had a wwe tryout because at this point at 30 you know 35 years old yeah a lot of people that have been in the business for a long time are very, like, you know, leery of outsiders and stuff like that, whatever. This has been my dream since day one. <laughs> I always try to tell people that. I just never could do it with some yeah. freaking kids. But I had the opportunity, and, you know, it's always better to be prepared for an opportunity than have an opportunity and not be prepared. So I was, like, training myself, and then Dan Severn, who's an ASU alumni, you know, Arizona State All-American helped train me to get there. And then when I got there, I started, you know, doing a little bit of extra work for the WWE COVID hit, but I started wrestling that motion championship wrestling in Utah, which is a promotion that, you know, Manny Lemons runs, who's written by Vince Russo. So they put me on TV and made my way with Al Snow OVW and OVW helps. He helped train me even more. And just the, just that grind, and you know, and then Dallas getting with me. I mean, well, let me rewind after December, like my wife divorced me after, you know, 16 plus years, close to 17 years. And so I basically had, I was still in college. I had to finish six months of school. My kids are, you know, with me, my lease is up in May and I basically had to start all over again. Cause you, you know, with that many kids, between mean, alimony and child support, like, what are you going to do? And it's not like I'm against like your regular average normal jobs I just I always feel like I'm an entertainer there's so much more like I've done a lot of shit it's hard to go from a hundred to zero yeah. yeah so like it's not that I I would say like I thrive in chaos I fucking hate chaos but bring it you know I I love you know just breaking through walls that a lot of people see you can't And that's what I did and here I am with you know DDP he took a lot of king to me he had a similar upbringing you know just like me and he started in the business just like me at 35 years yep, old. Right. He was a manager prior to that, but you know he was 35 and a half when he started. I'm 30. I've been wrestling for over a year at 35, so it's like it's like it was meant to happen. Yeah, and not only just with wrestling. Let me put this: like he he allowed me to come into his empire, learn how to do this, and now I'm doing the Warriors Purpose Program, helping you know veterans with you know not just weight loss, but you know PTSD, depression, everything you can think of under the sun yeah. and just get these guys doing things from like tying their shoe. We have a guy hadn't tied his shoe in, you know, close to 10 years can bend over and tie a shoe and breathe, you know, like most, he's like that, most of that people, we hold our breasts, we can't do it or we pre tie our shoe and we just shuffle it on. So like, a lot of stuff that, you know, even I take for granted, like these guys are, these are these huge victories and milestones. So like, that's a huge God like blessing that Dallas would even entrust me with this, but it's, yeah, man, it's just great. It's just about keep moving forward.
0: How important, uh, we're doing, we're doing a little bit of a uh, uh, mental health support tonight, uh, up in Canada, uh, bell, let's talk hashtag bell. Let's talk. Uh, how important or how vital is mental health, not only uh, in the military, but going through everything—everything everything that you've gone through, not only in the military, but with your upbringing and wrestling and all that? Uh, how vital is mental health?
1: God, man, it's it's the number one priority. Like if you have a day where you don't, your mind is everything you know, you feel like crap, like, why would you do anything for anyone else? Or if you're feeling like the world's against you, you're not, why do you think people take themselves out? Because they feel like they don't feel loved. That's how bad, like, the mind is. And it's finding those countermeasures and those strategies in order to combat that. Because a lot of stuff we do, we create in our minds, not that yeah. people don't care sometimes or want to help us. It's just the way that we perceive it. And just, you know, there's been a lot of people that have ruined it for others. And because of that, that's that stigma and stuff like that. And, and a keyword stigma. A lot of people don't want to reach out or ask for help or do any of that stuff because they're afraid of being labeled or having a right taken away from you, whether that's owning a gun or doing this or doing that. Well, I was in a mental health institution or a behavioral health treatment facility. You know, I got out, I wrote a book, I graduated, I went and things. So it's like, it has nothing to do with a stigma like if anything I just proved like you don't the stigma doesn't even matter exists it's what people create and stuff like that so but to answer your question it's it's everything even for me like I don't do those strategies whatever I can fall back in that dark hole quick you know between my ears and that brain like what goes on like it's a dark place and yes. if I wasn't being so active and involved like it, yeah it can be deadly dangerous it's about like just getting out there and being around other people who have either been through what I've been through or going through it, and just being able to beat off each other that peer-to-peer, you know, therapy is, is important, that accountability, and I think that's what a lot of people miss because when you get in those bad, dark places with mental health, you want to withdraw. Yeah. And I'm guilty of it all the time, and luckily, if you can build or just take that risk to go find people that can pull you out of that or not always tell you what you want to hear, but also, the you know, the negative, like hey, pull your head out of your ass. That's positive too, because you never know, like it's what you need. It's you gotta build each other up, but it's not always gonna be like with you know pirate stars and horseshoe's and clovers and balloons. You know, it's gonna be pretty rough. You're gonna get full captain crunch with no berries.
0: <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you mentioned uh you wrote a book. Uh I don't I don't have that in my notes, so why don't you tell me about that book?
1: Oh well yeah, I I wrote a mental health workbook. So okay. it has worksheets. You know everything between you know dialectical behavior therapy cognitive behavior therapy, stuff that I've went through you know my whole life going through counseling therapy, everything which you know I say I wrote the book and I literally did so this it's like a lot of recycled information, yeah. but it was my own personal worksheets that I used to do like in my notepads all I did was graphically graphically depict it put it in you know a book form so other people didn't do it because it's real, it's authentic I mean talk to my close inner circle. I got that book on me today because it's just easier now. I don't have to like do it with my own little notepad papers. It's already like done for me, but I, uh, that's what I used for me. And I, I learned that from other therapists and sessions. So I just wanted to share that with a lot of people. Cause everyone's like, how did you do this? How did you overcome this? How did you do this? And I was like, you don't always have people to help you that. So you have to help yourself. And that's why I wrote this book. Cause that's what helped me kind of get my shit together
0: you mentioned o v w uh al snow an o v w wrestler uh i know that their world championship had to get vacated because uh you know that coward brian pillman had to go somewhere else but their championship had to get vacated where do you where do you stand uh in in o v w circle what, what you know what's on the horizon where where can we see you
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'm down here in Georgia. I trained at the Nightmare Factory.
0: Ah, interesting.
1: And, uh, I work very close with those promotions that are down here.
0: Nightmare Factory, huh?
1: Yeah. So if you can put two and two together with that, yeah, you can see what's on the horizon.
0: Yeah, I like that. That is very, yeah. very interesting. So. Yeah.
1: You know, I'm with the great people, you know, QT Marshalls. Yeah. Best trainer I've had up to this day. And, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough good things about him, not just for me, but that dude literally puts his heart and soul into every individual there, regardless of their story, what they can bring to the table, or what they can do for the business. And I've been to tons of schools, and that guy is one of a kind, especially for a guy that actually can make decisions and do stuff. He's like, you he wouldn't know it.
0: Yeah. Um we just saw a nightmare uh not nightmare graduate maybe a graduate I don't know. We just saw a nightmare yeah. student.